Hello. Hello. And welcome to Creepy Kentucky. I'm Quinn. And I'm Laura. And is there anything we want to talk about on this fantastic Halloween weekend? Well, there's a lot we could talk about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot's been happening. Yeah. Between the FBI going back out to the farm in Bardstown. Right. Connected to the Crystal Rogers thing. Yeah. Which we are going to get to. Yeah, we're going to do this at some point. I would like for there to be some closure to it, though. Right. But But at this point, it may be, it may even be more years. Right. So, when did they when did they dig up that driveway? It was back a couple months ago, wasn't it? Was it was it last summer or the summer before? Uh, Because I I honestly don't remember. I don't remember either. But like, and then all of a sudden they're like, mm, "We're going to the farm." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> you sent me that text. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> it's going well, down. Shit's going down again." Yep. Um, I hope they can someday the- figure out who killed her dad too. Right. Someday. That whole thing is just weird. Up. Yes. There's all the weird stuff that's going on at the house. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hearing voices that aren't there. Um, yeah. All cool. that fun stuff. That's cool. Um, Which there was maybe doing something about that later, too. Possibly. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My trip to Perryville. Woo! Well, I want to talk about that when you actually do Perryville, though. Yes, yes, we'll go more in depth with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's just say I took some good pictures. You did. (laughs) Okay. Um. Do you have anything? Work still sucks. Well, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that one. Yeah. I mean, like, it's amazing how far it's gone downhill for both of us, really. Yeah. Because just when you think it can't get any worse, it just does. It does, yeah. You're kind of like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Okay. So, the story I have for you today is Central State Hospital in... Anchorage, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, or the hospital is gone now. There's yeah. only like parts of it left, but it's at EP Tom, Tom Sawyer, Sawyer State Park. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why I got so excited about it. I guess it's because of that. Uh, oh, that these woods are haunted. That at one episode that it was on. Oh, I didn't know that was on. Yeah. An episode of that? Yeah. Well, I'll have to watch that now. Um, anyway. The original land was inhabited by the Shawnee tribes, like 
most of Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, the land was given to Isaac Height for his service in the French and Indian War. Ooh. Uh, he settled the land in 1784 near modern-day Anchorage. Okay. He built a mill, a tannery, a farm, and named his little slice of heaven Cave Springs Plantation. <laughs> his little slice of heaven. <laughs> 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 I'm really sorry. I don't know why I found that funny just like i can just picture him like in a chair (laughs) like feet propped up on the railing of his porch just being like mint julep in one hand (laughs) like yep something is the the other (laughs) um but in map of kentucky by john filson in 1784, yeah. um, which is the earliest known map of Kentucky, the land is called Heights Mill. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah. Um, in 1788, Isaac married Harriet Smith and began a family. Um, the, the mill did well, growing to over 400 acres. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is pretty good size. But that didn't really last long. Oh, no. Because on February 22nd, 1794, or February, if you're right, <laughs> February, if you're right, Vergara. <laughs> uh, Heights Mill was attacked by a Shawnee tribe, oh, leaving nice. Isaac. Hello? You hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in 1852, Simon Elgar built oh, a no. spring. Hold on. We've missed the end of the, of the Heights Mill getting attacked by the... the Shawnee natives. tribe? Yeah. Leaving Isaac fatally wounded. Oh no! That so was he does. That was it. Just said leaving Isaac, and then there was nothing, and I was oh. like, "Well, they left him." <laughs> but leaving Isaac fatally wounded makes a huge difference. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, Isaac. it left I'm Isaac sorry. fatally wounded. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, in 1852, Simon Elgar built a spring-fed lake on the property. Oh, which. Earned it the name Lakeland. Oh, nice. Right. Um, Lakeland stayed in the family until 1869 when James and Eliza Heights sold 240 acres to the Commonwealth of Kentucky for $75,000. Oh, nice. Uh, Their plan with that land was to build a state house of reform. For juvenile delinquents. Mm. Um, The 240 acres they purchased included Cave Springs and all of the buildings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Once they had the deeds, a new main children's home and a workshop were built. Um, The Height family home was converted into a school. 
Um, they called it the family building. Oh, okay. The House of Reform opened on July 1st, 1871. And about that same time, there was an overcrowding issue at Eastern and Western Lunatic Asylums in Lexington and Hopkinsville. Okay. So, the Kentucky General Assembly authorized two more asylums to be built. They were also renaming Eastern State to the first Lunatic Asylum and Western State to the second Lunatic Asylum. Okay. There's a lot of name changes going on. Okay. (laughs) Just to warn you. Um, The Institution for Feeble-Minded Children in Frankfurt... Nice. <laughs> would become the third asylum and the house of reform would become the fourth asylum oh okay so lakeland is the fourth asylum now okay um dr chastine caldwell forbes was named the first superintendent of the fourth asylum under his direction along with the board of commissioners there were some renovations to the former House of Reform. They built patient wards in the main building and new medical facilities. Fourth Asylum was sent 21 patients from Second Asylum on August 8, 1873, even though they had only finished one ward okay. in wow. the hospital to house them in. Well, you know, <laughs> as you do. Well, you know. They were anxious to get this going. (laughs) They were. They were. Um, They got 20 female patients on September 1st and 20 more female patients on October 1st. Oh, okay. Again, from Second Asylum. They're just clearing out the Second Asylum. I guess they are. (laughs) Uh, The patient population was already at 157 on October 15th, 1873, when the building was formally dedicated by Governor Leslie. Oh, okay. Um, this is a big yuck. They later received $33,000 to build separate accommodations for the African-American patients. Ooh. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> oh. <coughs> Excuse me. As you can imagine... These accommodations were substandard mm. to that of the white patients. Well, yeah. Oh, dear. Mm, yeah. Oh, dear. In winter of 1873, the asylums once again were renamed. Of course they were. <laughs> um, first became Eastern. Second became Western. Yeah. Third became the home for the feeble-minded. Okay. And fourth became Central Kentucky Lunatic Asylum. Oh, of course it did. Um, there was a steady flow of patients coming into Central. Um, so more land was purchased and more wards were built. Okay. Including a new main asylum building. The oh, design, okay. The design for which was designed after Thomas Story Kirkbride's design. Oh, yeah. That was used a lot at the time. Yeah. It was commonly called the Batwing style. Right. Which, as you can imagine, 
had the main building with tiered off wards from them. Mm-hmm. Um, John and and Awartha, who designed Louisville City Hall, was consulted in 1874 for extensions. <clears throat> Each ward was placed farther back than the last, keeping the more, quote, excitable patients farthest back, and the better behaved ones were kept towards the front. Uh, yeah. Which you would think it would be opposite. You keep the more excitable ones closer to the front where you can see them. Well, I think at that time, because I know it was the same way in England, I think at that time, like, going out kind of like and being a tourist at these places was common. Oh, so they wanted to keep the and more... so you kept the more decorous people up front. You didn't want people to see what it was really like. That's God, fair. God forbid. <laughs> right. But I know that was a big thing in England was like... Um, like Come on, dear, let's go look at the crazies the today. Like, yeah, taking, taking a day out at the... Yeah, and staring and pointing, things like that, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because people really suck. I mean, I can't, like, I can't accentuate that any more than that. All right. So the Eastern Wing, which was for the female patients, right, was finished late April of 1875. It took that long because of there being bad weather. Oh, okay. Um, the Western Ward what, for the male patients was finished in July of 1875. Okay. Um, they added a chapel on the first floor of the main building and a kitchen and dining area was in the basement. Okay. Extra acreage to the north meant they could use the garden from the reform home days Um. They could expand that to add an orchard and a dairy farm. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds Which lovely. Not only made the hospital more self-sufficient, right? But that's extra income from the goods being sold. Exactly. And of course, the better-behaved patients were used as free labor. They called therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Dr. Forbes left in 1879, and Dr. Robert Gale took over as the first superintendent. Oh, God. His first year in, in the position, the patient population grew to 462. Later on, in 1879, uh, the limestone cave, about 600 feet from the asylum, was excavated in line with brick, and the cave was used as a refrigerator for the asylum's milk supply. Okay. Uh, as early as 1882, reports started to come in of patient neglect and abuse. Oh my god, that's early. <laughs> Very early. Man. Um, attendance... You know- you know it's bad when it's still in the Victorian era and they're kind of like, well, nah, we even we can't 
with the yeah um attendants were ducking unruly patients um it and Mm. that was very nearly drowning them yeah exactly i'm guessing it's kind of just like i don't know you put their head underwater that's yeah a witch but i mean like that's oh dear oh dear yeah huh so waterboarding yeah that's what it sounded like yeah basically yeah um these started to get investigated after a patient died of drowning oh as God. a result of this practice. Jeez. The Board of Condition- Commissioners con- convened a formal inquiry on September 21st, 1882. It consisted of interviews with staff, including Dr. Robert Gale uh, and his assistant, Dr. G.T. Irwin. They were both exonerated for the negligence. But on the day Dr. Gale resigned, he died. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, um, And Dr. Henry Pusey was named to replace him. And it wasn't like he he resigned because he died. He Legit, like that the day be, yeah, <laughs> kind of like you dying on your day of your retirement, you know. Yeah, yeah. Once you resign, you don't have anything to live for, right? And then you're just like, Meh, I'm done. Um. Now, Doctor Pusey served two consecutive terms with high standards, and had a lot of, had a lot of renovations done around the. Asylum. Okay. He established the first post office, oh. named simply Asylum. Okay. And had yeah. Mary E. Whips serve as the first postmaster. In 1888, the name of the post office was changed to Lakeland. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> yes. Um, in April 1893, since the term lunatic was deemed derogatory, the name was once again changed, this time to the Central Kentucky Asylum for the Insane. Oh, insane was so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but local <laughs> called it many things over the years. Oh, sure um, Anchorage Asylum, Lakeland Hospital, Lakeland oh. Asylum. Or just Lakeland. Yeah. In 1887, when Simon B. Buckner was elected governor, he named Dr. Walter J. Byrne the superintendent, resulting in a huge outcry from the public since Pusey was doing such a good job. Well, yeah. <laughs> he sounded like he was doing like fairly decently anyway. No one had drowned that we know of, so, you know. In October 1898, the new African-American ward opened. That's uh-huh. all I really have on that one. Okay. Hopefully it was better than the Hopefully. old one. Um, but it doesn't sound like it probably was. Well. Um, Sorry. 
Byrne was the superintendent until 1891, when the new governor, John Y. Brown, named Dr. Pusey the superintendent again. Yeah. All right, Dr. Pusey. You're back. You're up. (laughs) He's back. Yep. But he came back to find all of his work undone. The hospital was underfunded and understaffed, but Pusey kept pushing to improve the building and how the patients were treated. So he was just pushing for improvements. Yeah. Um, Early 1890, um, the first ward for men opened and was dedicated. It had a capacity of 225. That sounds pretty big, actually. Uh, yeah, but just just you wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> in an annual report to the Kentucky General Assembly, in 1895, the population had increased to 1,083. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh. The next year... Dr. Pusey retired to Louisville on account of his poor health. He died on September 1st, 1896. He was replaced by Dr. Hugh McNary, who died on May 12th, 1897 of oh a heart my. attack. Oh my. But he didn't really last too, too long. An industrial and amusement structure was built in 1903, which contained a sewing area a pillared room, a dance hall, and a chapel. Oh, okay. And there was another women's ward on the second floor of the building. Oh. In 1903, reports of patient abuse started to come out again. Oh, no. Resulting in an investigation in which several attendants were indicted. (gasps) Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Indicted? Indicted. Oh, Man. <laughs> you know it was bad then. You know it was bad. <laughs> oh my god. In April 1906, the Board of Commissioners was dissolved and the Kentucky State Board of Charitable Institutions took control of Central and the other asylums in Kentucky. In 1908, Central was given $25,000 to improve the water and heating systems. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. And $65,000 to construct a water basin. Lay pipe. No, not like that. Pumps <laughs> and whatever else was necessary to modernize the hospital's water system. Oh, okay. <coughs> hmm. Um, also in 1908, they received $15,000 to build a tuberculosis cottage, which burnt down on November 26, 1917. Um, all of the patients that were there survived. Oh, good. All through 1911, extra things were added for the patients, like a library, which had 860 books. And an annual budget of $250 for new books. Which made Central the only institution in Kentucky to have a book fund. Hmm. Good good for them. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. They started showing motion pictures 
And in October 1911, a three-year nurse training school was established, which brought in better staff. Nice. On March 14th, 1912, the hospital was once again given a slightly different name, Central State Hospital. Okay. Then in September, their electric light power plant caught fire. Oh, no. Causing $12,000 in damages. By 1913, the patient population was up to 1,252. Okay. Again, putting it towards overcrowding. Yeah. But the good news was that the first eight nurses had graduated the nursing program. That's nice. <laughs> In 1914, the water supply was finally connected to Louisville. Um, 1915, the population was 1,659. That's, and a big, by, that's a big increase from just a few years. Oh, Same yes. Way. Oh, yes. And by 1917, by 1917, the population was 1,732. Wow. So it just keeps climbing. It does. In August 1920, Dr. Walter A. Jolson took over as superintendent. He made it his mission to raise the standards of the hospital. He introduced hypnosis and hydrotherapy as treatments. Not waterboarding, I assume. No. <laughs> um, not, not waterboarding under another name. No, <laughs> as well as something called deep sleep therapy. Okay. And for deep sleep therapy, they would use barbiturates to keep the patients unconscious for days at a time. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, it became widely used in mental hospitals in the 30s and 40s. I'm sure. This practice led to the deaths of 25 patients oh, God. in um, New South Wales. In the early 60s and 70s. Wow. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, one of its promoters. Was Donald Ewan Cameron. Whose research. Partially funded. By the CIA. As part of MK Ultra. Oh nice. Beautiful. All right. Back to Central State. I had yeah. to take that little detour there. Because that was kind of interesting. That was um, extremely interesting. Hospital staff was once again investigated in 1921 after more reports of patient abuse came to light. In 1922, Superintendent Dr. William E. Gardner reported 30 to 40 patients contracting Pellagra, P-E-L-L-A-G-R-A, from unrefined corn. Yeah, I don't know what pellagra is. I don't either. Hmm. Um, in 1923, Central State took up 562 acres. 54 acres of that was main buildings, parks, and grounds. The hospital now had 24 buildings, which included the administration building, 
nine dorms, the African-American ward, um, the TB shack, the industrial oh, yeah. shop, kitchen, garage, <coughs> laundry, storerooms, powerhouse, the greenhouse, the amusement hall, and the Pusey building that had ex-servicemen in it. Right. Oh, okay. So the TB shack was there because they sit and send people to Waverly because they were... Because they were cray-cray. You know, yeah, because they were cray-cray. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Waverly didn't watch a cray-cray. At the time of TB, at least. Yeah. Um, there were 240 acres being used as a pasture for the crops, um, which was helpful since the population was now 1,869. Wow. That's yes. getting really bad. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. Oh, no. Yeah. In June 1927, the state gave them $44,740 to build a two-story brick hospital for the criminally insane. Oh, good. Um, that would what? Um, that they could hold them in, and then the criminally until then, the criminally insane patients were held with the general population. Oh, lovely. so they were building a new, a new, totally different ward for the. Yeah, um, that's. That's lovely. That's really heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. Um, by 1931, the hospital had 652 acres and more than 2,200 patients. Even though it was only built to hold 1,800. E. By 1938, they had 2,367 patients. And were also severely understaffed. Mm. They only had three assistant physicians, one part time physician. Oh my. And 141 nurses. Jeez. Which made the doctor to patient ratio one to 676. Oh, God. And the nurse oh, to patient ratio one to 19. Wow. So, yeah, I told you it got worse. Oh, God. Yeah, that's worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, going into the 40s, Central didn't have much of a budget. I could only spend, spend 10.62 cents a day on patient meals. Oh. So a typical patient meal at Central was a piece of bacon fat, navy beans, syrup, bread, and water. Mm. There was yet another investigation in 1941 where a Kentucky State Grand Jury criticized Central because of the deterioration of several of the wards. Right. 
And also, all of the words stunk. Uh. Um, here's a quote from The Village of Anchorage by Samuel W. Thompson. Quote, In these institutions are housed 4,571 unfortunate people, occupying quarters designed to accommodate no more than 3,500. People of both sexes and of all races and colors, people of high and low degree, educated and ignorant, talented and feeble-minded, farmers, merchants, musicians, artisans, engineers, lawyers, clerks, cooks, doctors, and wives of all classes of men. End quote. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of people... And not a lot of space. Right. Um, yeah, it was not a pleasant place to be. Um, it was common knowledge that the patients were abused by orderlies and the doctors. Many of them would have likely been diagnosed today with just anxiety or depression. Right. Um, there's stories about sauerkraut cave that pregnant patients would be taken there um, and they would be sent back to Central without their babies. Oh, no. Um, they would all, patients would also try to escape through sauerkraut cave but they couldn't handle the deep water, sharp rocks, and the cold Kentucky weather winters. So many who went tried to escape through there and ended up dying. Oh. And they were buried on the property with no grave markers. Nice. Oh, that's classy. <laughs> it's lovely. Classy. In 1944, um, Dr. Addie Lyons took over as superintendent and he made it his mission to release the patients who had been misdiagnosed or committed under false pretenses. One such was a 104-year-old African-American man that was committed for spitting on a courthouse stove. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. In 1945, the Mary E. Merritt Building for African-American patients was completed and it was named after the first African-American nurse licensed in Kentucky. Oh, nice. She was also the superintendent of nursing at the Red Cross Hospital in Louisville. Yeah. From 1914 to 1945. But all was not well. Oh. There was a surprise inspection in 1948 that discovered the hospital's kitchen area and the food services were, quote, garbage. <sighs> Yikes. From 1953 to 1954, there were a reported 20 fires, murders, and escapes. Oh, my God. One of the fires destroyed the laundry building. Oh, dear. In April 1953, the grand jury made a surprise visit because of what they saw, Dr. Lyons and W.G. Kincaid, 
who was the business business manager, were indicted for mismanagement and malfeasance. Wow. <laughs> but they were, of course, later acquitted. Of course they were. Yeah. In 1954, they started running, quote, intensive clinical pastoral education, end quote. I don't know what that means. Um, oh, for the students at a Southern Baptist theological seminary. And in 1956, a children's ward was opened. Oh, good. And Central became racially integrated. Mm, okay. In 1960, a 204-bed admission and treatment building was built. A 66-bed minimum security unit was built. And a 50-bed children's unit were built. Uh, they weren't officially built until 1962, thanks to budgeting. Right. And by May 1963, construction was still not done. Yeah. It wasn't until 1966 that all the new buildings were done and ready for patients. In 1967, the hospital was awarded three-year accreditation, which is the highest the hospital can receive. Okay. I'm sorry, this is a whole lot of history and not a lot of ghosts, but history was cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Because it shows like how kind of like the mindset has evolved. Right. And I feel like there would be more ghost stuff if the hospital was still there. Because it got demolished. In 1969, the Shelby Building was closed, and the Jefferson Building, which was the original African-American ward, was converted to a new children's unit. They also finally started releasing the patients who weren't really mentally ill. Many of them had trouble adjusting, finding help, and would end up living on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Which we hear a lot of. Right. In early 1970, the unused land was converted to E.P. Tom Sawyer State Park. Named after Jefferson County Judge Executive um, Urban Powers, Tom Sawyer, who is Diane Sawyer's dad. Oh, cool. Yes, I thought that was really cool. I had never wrote, connected those two names. I like, had I knew she was from Louisville, but yep, and Diane, wow. it's Diane Sawyer. Um, the four hundred and fifty-acre farm went to state control and was used by Jefferson Area Vocational School. Oh God. Um, the barn was used as a machinery shop and other horticulture. In 1974, Central State become, became privatized, transferring control to River Region. The hospital was renamed River Region Hospital 
from July 1975 to March 1976, um, there was a million-dollar deficit in that time. Wow. And after three years, the hospital was taken over by state and once again became known as Central State. Wow. This poor hospital has just had yeah. identity crisis after identity yeah. crisis. <laughs> by 1979, residential patient population had dropped to 275. So many of the unused buildings were closed. In 1983, the doctors brought back electroshock therapy, something that should always be out of style. Exactly. Don't bring that back. Um, The state gave them $7.7 million. Uh, to build a new 92-bed building near Cash. And those buildings opened in 1986. Right. Um, from the late 80s to the early 90s, there were multiple patient escapes and the release of Todd Ice, who was a child murderer. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, that name sounds familiar. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> Wait, yes. what? <laughs> Um, the buildings fell into neglect after all that. Um, in 93, Kentucky estimated it would cost 2.8 million to demolish or rehab the remaining buildings. In April of that year, there was an attempt at auctioning the property off. Um, they failed. In 1994, the central State Hospital Recovery Authority Committee was organized to try to find uses for the buildings. Mm -hmm. They decided the administration building was beyond saving and it would be demolished. Most of the the buildings were actually demolished and the land was absorbed by the state park. Oh, okay. Um, They were mostly all gone by 1997. Oh. And June of 97, a man and his two grandkids were walking through the park and found headstones, which led to an investigation as to exactly where the hospital's cemeteries were. And they kind of had a hard time actually finding all the cemeteries. Yeah. All right. So here's some ghosty stuff. Okay. Um, there's a paranormal group out of Louisville um, called Serious Paranormal. Um, Is that like serious black or serious not not funny serious? Not funny serious. Oh, um, okay. I'm I know. Disappointed. Me <laughs> Very too. disappointed in them. They had the option. They had the choice. Right. Um, they focus <coughs> on the four main parts of the park. Right. <laughs> oh goodness, I'm sorry. Um, the cave, the barn, the root cellar, and the cemetery. Um, most of those are closed to the public because people are assholes. Mm. Um, yeah, they are. Um, they have all they have a couple videos on their YouTube. Um, of them investigating there. Uh, I watched a couple of them. They caught a child-sized figure 
on the SLS in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had the investigator was standing right beside it and she wasn't showing up on the SLS. And then the K2 and the REM pod started going off at the same time. Mm. Um, So Mm. that was kind of weird. Um, people feel weird and uneasy in the cave. They hear music mm-hmm. and mumbling echoing mm-hmm. from inside. Yeah. Um, hair and skirts get tugged. Um, people have heard mommy being called from down in the tunnel. Aww. A big burly Aww. man was photographed in the cave. Ooh, yikes. And in the cemetery, people have a sensation of being pulled down. Nope. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with no on that one. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's going to be a no for me, man. Yeah. And that is Lakeland Central State. Cool. Uh, awesome. Yay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I really like that. That was different. That was different and good. Yeah. But yeah, it they took did us it. Yeah. forever to get through it, but we did it. Yeah. We had some audio problems. It is what it is. They happen. Yeah. That was, yeah, there's an episode of, how, I don't remember what it's called because it's, it's changed names a couple of times, but I think it's called These Woods Are Haunted. Okay. I think on, I know which one you're talking about. On uh, the, like, it started out being on Discover, or on uh, Dis- Disco- Destination America. Yeah. And then now it's I think it's on Discover or Travel Channel, but it's also on uh Discovery Plus, which we're yet again promoting and not getting any money for. Let me throw that in there. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's they did it was a guy and a girl and they went out to the park because they had heard stories about the park being haunted because it was home of this, you know asylum right and so they went into the cave and things kept happening in there and like it ended up like i don't want to spoil it but it was creepy as fuck that show is very creepy though and i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it because it scares me <laughs> but yeah but yeah they were they had an ex- they had an experience in the cave <laughs> all right well, we have an email. We do. Send us a hello. It's creepingkentucky at gmail.com. Yeah. We also have a Twitter. And an Instagram. And those are uh, both at creepykentucky. Wah, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, who are we what the helling? I don't know. Just uh, Lakeland Asylum. Well, I mean, give the name of that one really bad guy that died like when he quit, <laughs> like the time the day he quit. <laughs> I mean, uh, like we have to, yeah. Also, I'm glad you kept calling him Doctor Pusey because I mean, let's face facts, you could have called him something else. I know. I tried very hard <laughs> to, to keep it Pusey. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't call it like Lakeland State Park, you know? Right, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Like I, 
I get that like you name things like that's one of the few places one of the few state parks that's named after a person right you know well like you got Audubon but that's because that's what it's you know but like you got like Big Bone Lick and you got like Blue Licks Battlefield and you got like Waveland and Whitehall and those aren't named after people no and it was known like from what you said it was known as Lakeland for like so long yeah like for... that was so common like why they didn't call it that is weird it's weird to me I don't know but we can just do Lakeland, I guess. Yeah, because the guy who died after he quit was Pusey. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, Lakeland. Lakeland, what the hell? That works. All okay. Right. Uh, three, two, one. Lakeland. Lakeland. What? What? The. the- Hell. Hell. <laughs> we did it. Yeah.